I'm Ashley Aiken. And I'm Chris Cerna. The wedding industry has unintentionally perpetuated a culture of chasing perfection at the cost of your relationships and mental peace. We know this because we've spent a combined 16 years photographing weddings. Together, we dive into the silent struggles of the modern engaged couple, like you. Our goal is to empower you to pop that perfection bubble, embark on the journey of self-awareness, forge your own wedding planning path, and and ultimately ultimately cultivate a healthy and thriving marriage. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode. We have some amazing people to chat with you, and we say that every time, but truly, these people are amazing. Ashley has recently turned me on to following them, and I didn't tell tell them this beforehand, but I'm kind of obsessed with their home renovations and just watching the things that happen in their life and stuff like that, but we are talking to Danielle and Cameron today. Uh, They go by Danny and Cam, so I think I'm going to try to go by Danny and Cam. Ashley? That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's what you're going to do too. I feel like I know them. I've already, before recording, (laughs) I'm like, I feel like I stalk you. I know everything about your lives. Totally creepy, but totally (laughs) relevant to 2020 and the time that we live in, 2021. So, hey, thank you guys, Danny and Cam, for joining us. Welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? So stoked to be here. We're doing great. We're in our brand new office. We just had our roommates move out. So we're setting up the nursery in our old office because we have a baby coming. Yay! In June, in under a month actually now. Yeah, living our best life. No. And is this is this this is first baby, correct? First First baby. baby. Yeah. Ooh, get ready. Get ready. (laughs) I say that in in an exciting way, not a negative way. But I mean it's (laughs) It's great. We have two kids, um, my wife and I. We will be married eight years this year. We have a boy and a girl. Our son's name's Sterling. He is going to be seven here very soon. So a seven-year-old and a four-year-old girl who's also about to be five. So they're about two years apart. So, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so excited they, to be here. Thanks for having us. And just so inspired by you guys. You guys are doers. Like, yeah, like you guys. That. <laughs> <laughs> also well, doers. Content creators. Yeah, so fun. You guys are awesome. Thank well, thanks, you. Thanks for being here. Thank yeah. you so much. I, uh, so give our listeners a little bit of background. Um, Ashley and I have had an episode in the tank that we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for kind of like the perfect people to talk to about this. And it's two things that I think both Ashley and I really struggle with yeah. uh, in our marriages. Yeah. So we're kind of like, we can't talk not about the it. people. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we could talk about it, but we're, we'll definitely be hypocrites. So um, we wanted to bring some people. And so here's Ashley. Can you tell us what the topic was that we've had in the tank for a little bit? Yeah, we've been wanting to talk about dating in your relationship and in your marriage and just continuing to date. I feel like everybody dates and then it's time to get engaged. You know, they pop the question and then you kind of like stop dating. And so we wanted to talk about that. But then we were thinking also we had another topic that was how to thrive in your marriage and your career. And when this, it's like everything, all the stars aligned with Danny and Cam because they are... The Phil Green stars. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they are the Phil Green stars. They are multi-passionate entrepreneurs. How long have you guys been married? Five years almost. I knew it was a while. Nice. I, I literally, Congrats. Chris was like, was oh, yeah. it the last well, Obviously couple? marriage experts, you know, once we've been married four and a half years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, heck yeah. yeah. Write a book. 
<laughs> in other words, we're not marriage experts, but we do feel passionate about it. Right. Yeah. You know what's really funny though is is if someone were to call me something like I'm passionate about, you know, a few things and they're like, Hey, well, you're an expert on this, and I'm like, ah, I don't know about expert, but I am passionate about it. And so it's really Absolutely. funny how sometimes people will classify like expert with passion. Yeah. I think there's there's definitely a a connection there, a good connection. So I would agree with that. So when you guys got married four and a half, five years ago, what was your wedding day like? Oh gosh. Uh, our wedding day was, I think, just young, wild, and free. That's yeah. how I describe it. We were hardly 21. Oh, thank uh, you. And we just winged it. We did it as cheap as we could in Cameron's parents' backyard. Um, they live on a lake, which made it beautiful. Nice. But seriously, we just <laughs> threw it together and made it work. And I remember it fondly. But then now that we've shot so many weddings together post, I'm like, dang, that thing was like really, really rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think about our poor coordinator and even our guests. Like even just like how much we paid people, it's just almost now looking back, like kind of insulting. Like our, our wedding coordinator worked pretty hard and she was a friend and we just gave her a hundred dollars <gasps> to say thank you. And and like she was so sweet she was basically doing it you know out of the goodness of her heart but anyway yeah our wedding was sweet though it was fun it was so fun but we were just way more yeah we were way more interested in being married and getting married than we were like wedding and we had a huge party it was fun (laughs) i love that so much even just saying like you were more interested in being married than getting married like that is right where chris and i like want people to be focused on you know it's easy to get caught up in all the crap that comes with wedding planning when you can have that focal point be your marriage. It's just such a freaking beautiful thing. So with that, you guys are photographers and videographers. Do you guys both do both? Yeah. Yeah. We both shoot photo video at all events. And then it's usually I will edit all the photo content posts and Cam will edit all the video content posts. Man. Sweet, dude. It's like dr- literally dream team. <laughs> yeah, no joke. I freaking Try. love it. So what else do you do other than photo video? Oh, gosh. We like a lot of things. In fact, we're trying to focus in. If you have anyone on your show that talks about focus, we'd love to hear that. Heck yeah. Uh, <laughs> Got it. Noted. I music. I lead worship at, at church here. In fact, we're in Waco because we moved down to be a part of Antioch. It's kind of our church family. I lead worship. Danny does ceramics. She has a ceramics Instagram account and she sells stuff on there. And then we do, we invest in real estate. So we fix up houses and do rental property stuff and Airbnb stuff. All the and things. Yeah, and we just love it all. We're, I don't know. We're just passionate people, I think. It's been fun. And now we get to uh, do the parenting thing here pretty soon. So, yeah. Yeah. Just, that's, like I can see that opening up a whole new world for you guys in terms of like being oh, passionate oh, about God. something else. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You guys are going to like invent something that's been needed by parents for, you know, decades. <laughs> oh, wow. And you yeah, guys yeah. are going to do it. And it's going to be super stylish and, and super cool. <laughs> Let it be. For real. You, you guys actually, this is off topic a little bit but on flipping houses i'm telling you i've been following and paying attention for a while you guys posted about a podcast that cameron was obsessed with and it was the 
bigger pockets. Yes. Oh, yeah. I still am. Yeah. It, they're so good. If you, if you want to get into real estate investing and, uh, and stuff, I mean, there's no better resource, especially for free. It is so inspiring, dude. I still it's listen so to it. I mean, but I don't do anything about it, but I listen. <laughs> Hey. Yeah, learning a ton. Yeah, yeah that's great. That's Getting educated. right. That's right. Okay, so you also have, oh goodness, um, the one thing that I made us think of you guys, a besides your marriage and being married a while and all this, you guys had and released last year, maybe or maybe it wasn't last year, but it was the Date Night magazine. Yeah, tell us a little bit about yeah. that and what inspired yeah, I'm so you to interested. create it. So intrigued. Ashley told me all about this and I went and looked it up and then saw it was sold out. I'm a fan, man. I'm a fan. That's (laughs) that's sad. So, but I'm super, super interested in this topic as well to kind of hear about the why behind this and what it is and and all that goodness. Thank you guys. So, so long story short, last January, we got together and did like a goals retreat and we went to San Antonio and just talked through where we want to go with our business and our marriage. And do we want to move and do we want to whatever? stuff like that. And just got away and chatted about goals and really just felt like, to be honest, just felt, we prayed and just felt like the Lord wanted us to go at this direction. We're focusing on marriage. And frankly, it makes sense because we shoot weddings and I think, I don't know how many over 300 weddings now, maybe. And yeah. And like, there's a lot of focus on wedding day, decorations, planners, money, 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 money. And just like, not a lot of focus on every day after that so I mean there there is but you know especially in our wedding photo video world there's just like so much that goes into wedding day and so we just decided let's start moving this direction we don't know what it looks like we've only been married four years and we're not experts like I said and so how do we how do we just empower people and challenge people and encourage people in their marriage for the rest of the 50 years after they get get married Yeah. And so we very quickly decided, okay, well, because we're not married for ages and we don't have 40 years of marriage, you know, in our tool belt, let's do a date night magazine that encourages couples to continue to date and lets them and empowers them to ask the hard questions while they're married. But let's get the questions from people who've been married way longer than we have. Um, I love that. We just dabbled around and asked a vast majority of people of different generations and different demographics, what some of your favorite questions that you either regularly ask each other or you have been asked by one another and you remember it still. And that's kind of how we accumulated all the questions that are in the book. So the magazine has 52 weeks worth of Date nights and yeah, each one. Fifty-two weeks. That's important because you need to be dating every week. So, well, yeah, we, at, we least. <laughs> at least. At least week. Yeah. So once a month is good. Once a month should be right. <laughs> like just you know. Yeah, talk to us <laughs> when we have a couple of kids like you, Chris. Yes, you're right. right. <laughs> yeah. Some- I, here's what I love about this this whole idea behind this is like everybody 
lives such busy lives and it's just kind of the nature of, of, you know, being American and just kind of the culture of, of America. And even in our industry, I feel like there's a big emphasis on hustle culture and and stuff like that. And, and there's a time to hustle, but there should also be a time to prioritize the things in your life that, you know, you really want to focus on. And so I love that you guys are bringing people back to focusing on their why i mean essentially what that is like the why in their life and their relationship and their families so you guys had this idea and uh you put some action to it and you had some other people kind of speak into this um i'm curious have you guys always been good at dating each other you know and making it a priority or or you know were you guys just naturals the whole time or was this born out of you know overcoming a struggle in that area or, or talk about that a little bit? Good question. I think that Danny really shines. I'm going to have you answer, but I just want to uh, harp on my wife because she's amazing at this. She really holds me accountable. I think that the weeks where, oh, this came up or that came up and we just need to like skip our date night for this week. She's like, no, let's move it around. Let's do lunch or let's do breakfast. And she's just, she's really good at making it happen every single week because she is, I mean, yeah, we prioritize our relationship. We both do, but she, uh, makes it happen. That's so. sweet. That's yeah. So I, sweet. I think that my personality is so committed when I make an internal vow that I'm like, okay, but we're getting married and yeah, and married means you still get to date your spouse. So let's think and do it. And that makes us show up every week and choose to go on dates. Even if they're weird, short ones, it's still yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. And even for people that you know, have four kids or five kids or four zero kids. And you're just like, why date? We're around each other all the time. Like, I think it's just really important for your kids. In fact, we're reading this book called baby wise. And they talk about in the beginning, the foundation of your marriage and your relationship, the kids will see it. And even subconsciously when they're babies, they'll notice your connection. And so just getting time together every night and going on dates and letting your kids see that it really, it really does matter. But I, I, did, I did want to say, well, go ahead. Even if it's just 15 minutes. Even if it's just 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Or even if you stay home and cook a meal and don't spend any money, you know, or just go on a walk or just go set out a blanket and crack some beers and, you know, hang out and just talk and yeah. open our date night magazine if you want. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Links in the comments. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting that you bring up the even if it's like during the day or, oh, let's do breakfast or let's do lunch or something like that. Um, Because some of my favorite dates that Larry and I have done, they've been things that are not like the traditional date night or the thing that's like, okay, we got a babysitter. We're going to go catch dinner at 630 and then we're going to go do this. Blah blah. blah. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can specifically remember there was one time because it was hot as hell and there was a ton of mosquitoes outside. We had to light like a a (laughs) mosquito candle, (laughs) but we just sat outside like on our porch. I think we were exhausted. We just put the kids to bed and I think we just sat outside and I think Lara's big on wine. Um, I'm I'm not a, she's not like an alcoholic or anything, but she prefers wine. And so, you know, she cracked, she had some wine and I had a beer and we just sat outside and we just, we just talked. I think it was like 20, 30 minutes. And I just remember feeling like that was so good for my soul and for us, like, and it was so simple. And that was kind of the start of us starting to look at like, oh, we can do these things that don't cost a lot of money or, you know, don't necessarily mean dinner and a movie or, you know, like paint the town or these things that everyone does right and just doing the time yeah well can you guys share some of y'all's favorite like 
date night tips? Let's talk like 15 minutes or less. Like something super Ooh. like when you guys are on a time crunch. Or these time crunch ones maybe. Maybe not exactly 15 minutes or less. But let's say you're right. struggling. The, the schedule's busy. You're trying to get it in. What are your top three go-to? Gosh, good question. Put okay, you on the spot. Would be, well, this might not be fair because we work together from home. And I know not everyone has that privilege. Okay, but I do. So <laughs> I need part. this tip because I don't think I've dated Justin in like months. So, and I work at home and so does he. <laughs> so please. Yeah, Lara and I both share. work at home too. <laughs> the, it's all about the language on the forefront, veering and on the back end. So I think one that I would say is, hey, Cameron, let's go on a speed date and get coffee together. And we go out and we get a coffee that's nicer than what we would normally get. Like it feels bougier to get a matcha latte instead of the drip, you know, house blend with yeah. rocking that day. And be intentional and choose to do something during that time, whether it's us like answering the questions in our date night magazine. We also will read a book out loud to each other regularly, at least one book a year. And then we'll go home and keep working afterwards. But that's like a pretty short date that does not have to be an hour long. Yeah. It could be less than 30 minutes. It costs less than 10 bucks. And it's really cheap. I would say it's more about, I, I would say it's less about what you're doing and more about what you're intentional to talk about and more about the questions you ask each other and the way you lean into each other and listen to each other. I think it's just way more about that than it is what you do or how long it is. What you say? Yeah, totally. So, so you said something, you said speed date, you said, Hey Cam, let's go on a speed date. Uh, talk to me about what that does for your mindset when you hear that. So let's say you're, you're doing something, you're, you know, in the hustle and bustle of the day. And then she says to you, Hey Cam, let's go on a speed date. Like, talk to me about what your mind does at that point, because there's gotta be some sort of shift, right? Like you're, yeah. you have your head down, you're working. And then this phrase speed date, like, does it trigger something in you? Totally. I, I, I don't know. I feel like it just shifts your expectations, maybe. Yeah. It's like, we're not just going to get coffee. We're going to go get coffee and chat and like catch up and, and be together. And be yeah. intentional. But it's not going to be like a traditional date where it's an hour long and you have your hopes up for some fancy dinner and a fun activity afterwards. Right. Yeah. Which is a, a stereotypical of what a quote date is. And yeah. I think that's what that doesn't have to be a date. Yeah. I think that's what trips people, including myself, up. When I'm like, how do I date every week? Like I'm busy. I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I don't really have the time for dating, but I think in hearing you guys speak on this, I even think maybe I do date Justin more than I realize, but it's the conversation part of it that does make it feel like Chris, you talking about being with Lara and having that wine and sitting outside and talking like the other day, Justin and I sat on a swing in our backyard, which I never would consider as like dating him you know, but we sat out there with not, we didn't have our phones. We, it was probably like an hour and we just like talked, like spent real slow time together, I think. And I think maybe that's also kind of different, but I think the word date can trip people up. Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. You want to talk about it? Oh yeah. Just, I agree completely. Misconceptions of you know, I have to get a dress on and do my yes. makeup for an hour before I can even be intentional. With it takes makeup. you that long to do your makeup too? <laughs> yes, <laughs> me, dude, me too. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Get, go get a haircut, yeah. you know, 
It's a time. That's yeah. exactly what it is. It's a time investment when somebody hears like I have to date every week. Like, you know what goes into right. going on a date? Like, I got to find right. a babysitter. I've got to get my hair. done. I've got to like make sure I got a new dress because we're going to go to, yes. the, you know, all the things that like make overwhelm you. You're like, oh, that's too much work. I just let's just sit at home and turn on Netflix. Right. right, right. You know, and then it falls into kind of a more passive place of yeah. now you're not engaged with one another at all. Not that there's not a time and place to like just watch a movie, yeah. but uh, you could just as easily choose to read a self-help book and pause in between each page and talk about how it challenged you. And that's so intentional and that is so relational and you get to watch your partner shift and grow and see what's challenging them because we're always changing. He will not be the same guy I married. And I want to know the guy who he's becoming, not just the dude that you who I married. married. Oh and- my gosh, that's so, that's such a, that's a good thought. Like your partner is constantly evolving. They are not the same person that you were when you married them. You should probably, and this And also that's okay. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a, not in a negative no, way. No, for sure. But I think or some people are thinking, way. Who knows? I just, you're not the person I married. Like, I think that's, but that's, I want to continue right. to get to know you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Something else you guys keep, well, did you have something to say, Danny? No, I was just going to say, it's true. I, I hear what you're saying, actually, of like people just get kind of caught up on, you hear people say with a negative connotation, yeah. like, oh yeah it's just not how he was before instead of like yeah it's not how he was before you should get pumped that your partner has a growth mindset there's no stagnation (laughs) absolutely and I love that you guys keep talking or well I think you've mentioned it like twice now and I want to know more about reading a book you at least read one book out loud a year to each other okay why why do you do this tell me more about this because I am like I'm gonna I'm about to eat it up I do I love it. it. Is it fiction? Is it nonfiction? Usually fiction, but right now we're reading, uh, like I said, a baby book. Yeah. Uh, It started with um, 2019. We decided to set goals, goals that also were boundaries. So one of the boundaries was let's intentionally watch TV less. Okay, if we're going to do that, let's make a list on the forefront of what we're going to do when we want to watch TV. Yeah, because the goal was fun and two TV nights, two TV nights and per week. Right. right? So, so that's five nights that unless you have something going on or somewhere to be, it's like, okay, well, we're not going to watch TV. Let's do something more productive, but kind of be together too. So. And one of the things that was on the list was read a book out loud. And I'm dying, but the book it started with is My Side of the Mountain. That's like a a chapter book for sixth graders. (laughs) (laughs) It it was the best one that we'd ever done. It makes you feel like a kid again, and you're using your imagination, and you're dreaming about this little boy who's from New York and ran away, and you're like trying to figure out the story, but you're reading it out loud together, and you're excited, and you're talking about it, but it's like a really easy read. There's something about that that it doesn't take itself too seriously, but also like so much of our adult lives is are so serious. So to like give your brain this mental, almost like allow it to just rest and just, let's just be kids for a minute. 
And yeah. I love that. It also probably sparks creativity reading something in like the young adult section. Like I literally was just thinking the other day that I want to go to the library, but there's a young adult section that's like on the lower level of the downtown library. And I'm like, do I want to be caught walking in there? But part of me is like, yes. Like I used to enjoy the crap out of watch listening or oh my gosh reading those young adult it's novels. It's so funny you say that because we were at Barnes and Noble. If a you say this, ago. Chris, <laughs> we were at Barnes and Noble a couple months ago and I saw the young adult section, but it's more like I'm not trying to go like read Twilight or anything. I want to go read like these fantasy novels that are like geared not like the thick tomes, you know, like I want to read something a little smaller, something that's yeah. geared maybe more towards like it's 7th grade or something like that. But yeah, I had that thought and then I thought Ah, oh, no one can see me in that yes. section. It's gonna be weird. Oh no, oh, they can't. Be free. It's so good. It was so fun. And the nice part is there's no pressure. You you know, you have to read for school your whole life. And it it's totally stole my joy for reading. And so we take our time. It literally took us a year because we just were chill about reading that kid's book. So it was yeah. just awesome. Oh my gosh. Oh, what did what was the La Madeline? What was it? A, a Wrinkle in Time? Yeah. I think it took us over a year to get through that book. Oh. <laughs> that one was exciting. So when I'm, I'm like yeah. loving this. So really quick, how long do you guys do this reading out loud? Is this like a 15 minute ordeal or you go do it while you're having coffee? Both and. Usually it's jammies on and we're in bed and we're like, dang, I can't fall asleep, but we're not watching a show okay, let's put ourselves to sleep by reading out loud. Okay. <laughs> so you guys just really intentionally, this all kind of maybe started when you decided that you're watching too much TV. Yeah, yeah. basically. And frankly, I don't know how relational we are when we're reading a book. So, you know, this isn't, it's not like for everyone. I think Danny likes it because it feels romantic. Yeah. And so it, it, it makes us feel closer because it's like, oh, we're, it, we got a candle lit and we're reading a book out loud. It's like this very old-timey thing I think that and it's so like the book we're reading together now I feel like we can hardly make it through a page without interjecting and being like okay so what do you think about the nap time for the baby being at 12 o'clock instead of 12 30 like (laughs) so it's it's your book right now doing like more of a like development book is self-help yeah doing practical yeah it's inspiring a lot of conversation well, I was just going to say, so have you got, so this is you and you just said like, you know, we don't expect everyone to do this. This is something that Danny likes to do, you know, and what is your advice to people who might be listening, you know, ladies typically who are like, well, my partner, like they're never gonna, like, they're never going to do something like that. How would you encourage them to start a conversation off? Like, how does one even go about like breaking the busyness of life up and interjecting like, Hey, we want to, I heard about this on a podcast. There was this amazing couple on there and they were talking about, you know, this, this, you know, that's probably just going to cost a partner to shut down immediately guy or girl. Um, how would you, what advice would you give someone to like how to bring this up? I guess like, Hey, we want, I want to be more intentional with this relationship with you. And then I guess figuring out Mm. what and how to spend time with one another. That's a great question. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is kind of what catalyzed it for us was the goals thing. So if you're, if you're creating goals for business, finances, you know, uh, other areas of life, well, 
make goals for your marriage and relationships. That's how it started for us. Like we didn't really know we wanted to watch less TV until we made it a goal to watch less TV and to watch less Netflix. And so maybe just like, Hey, I'm working on my goals. I'm trying to be more intentional with becoming better in these areas. And your, our relationship is included in that. And ask them like, Hey, is there any way that we can prioritize our relationship or do something different? And maybe they'll say, Something like, let's watch less TV. What would you say? Yeah, it reminds me of your guys' episode about knowing your why for your wedding day. It's knowing your why for your marriage. So you're working backwards. You're starting at the top. Okay, this is what we want for our marriage 10 years from now. We want to still be married, even if it's that simple. Yeah, yeah. You know, the odds are against you. So uh, working backwards from there okay, we want to be married. What do we need to do now and have a list generated of our why to be able to stay there, get there in 10 years from now? Yeah. And then maybe just talking about that with your partner, like, hey, uh, do like, do we still want to be together 10 years from now? Yes. Like, okay, what can we do now or tomorrow or this week or this month to make sure that, you know, that's going to happen to part, like still be friends. So practically, I guess, for someone whose husband or wife is like, yeah, I'm not reading a book out loud. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Driving. Yeah. Uh, Think about things you do like. Like maybe you both love fishing at a pond that's nearby. Yeah, maybe maybe you you both both love fishing, but you haven't been fishing in five years. Like ever since you got married, you stopped going. You know all the things you stopped doing when you got married just because you, quote, ran out of time? It's like, okay, well, you obviously liked those things before. Why not still do them? Just be intentional to have a list and remember, oh, I loved fishing randomly on a Saturday for an hour. Yeah. And yeah. do it again together. <laughs> It'll be even better. And I agree with Danny, though. It's not just about fishing. It's about the why behind getting out together, being together, being intimate and asking good questions. And yeah. Well, this reminds me of... I talk about this a lot, but Parkin is it Parkinson's law? Parkinson's law, Chris. I talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's not real. Right yeah. Yes. Yeah. This reminds me of I can just picture people being like, I don't have time to date. Like myself included. I'm really bad about it. My husband is a quality time guy. I'm an acts of service girl. So like I've got to prioritize just because he wants that time and I know we need it. But I have to remind myself. Like the things that I think, like if I don't think I have time for dating Justin, I do think I have time to, you know, scroll and post on Instagram and make sure that, you know, but if I give myself less time to scroll and post on Instagram, I can give myself that extra time to go and date Justin instead. You'll take as much time as you give yourself. I think that's something to remind yourself of whenever you think you don't have enough time. If, if you guys had to give some tough love, so... I'm not going to say Ashley, but we'll say someone like... You can say Ashley. I can be a good example. (laughs) Okay. Well, well, fine. We'll just do this. If Ashley came up to you and was like, hey, I just don't have time to date Justin right now. Like, we're so busy. We're peak wedding season. Like, we got this going on and we're starting this new business venture and da-da-da-da. Like, and you guys were really, really close friends and you were about to drop the hammer, like, of truth, you know, like... To try to nudge her in the right direction, like what would either of you say to her? Well, oh, that's such a good question. Um, that's a really good question. I'd probably say you need to write down a list of your top 10 priorities in order from one to 10. That's something that 
a guy, someone who's mentoring me, had me do it. It was really impactful for me. And like, yeah, we can talk about that more if you want. But the other thing is I would say, I saw some, I heard someone do this on a podcast once the interviewee said, Ashley or whoever, Chris, pull out your phone and look at how much time you spent on TikTok this week. And he literally pulled out his phone and it was like four hours, you know, that he spent on TikTok. And that added probably zero value to his life. <laughs> Which anyway, so, I mean, that's four hours I that you threw away. That. Instead of investing in your kids or in your marriage or in content creation, your business, whatever. I so higher priorities than TikTok. <laughs> you draw from the top of priorities. So what it kind of so what it kind of s- sounds like you're saying here is that a lot of us have more time than we realize. And we're just spending it on things that maybe we don't realize that we are. And one of the best things I think that Apple has done, and maybe all, I don't know, I'm I'm a pretty Apple loyal guy, but <laughs> when Apple started doing the notifications of hey, your uh cell phone usage or whatever is at this, you're like that's such a powerful stat because you become made aware of it. It's like oh, brought yeah. to the front of your consciousness and you're like, oh my God, five hours? What? What is it? And then you just start looking at that and you go, I don't want to use five hours of my day doing that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm just, I, I'm guilty, you guys. I'm I'm not, I'm preaching to myself. I spent four hours and three minutes on Instagram last week. And so <laughs> that's bad. And and I have, I'm not like, it's not like I'm creating content. A lot of that is just consumption. And so yeah. I'm actually convicted by my own voice there. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes we need our own reminder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway. So Cam, you mentioned writing down 10 priorities. Can you tell us a little bit more about that exercise that your mentor had you do? That was super. Yeah, so I, I can't remember why it came up, but but he had me write down basically like number one, number two, number three, number four. You know, what are your top priorities? Like, uh, you know, spiritual life with God, uh, life, um, discipleship, like meeting up with guys and holding each other accountable and challenging each other. That was a big one for me because I think that's super important. Um, I mean, nowadays it'd be it'd be marriage and then and then business and then. Um, you know, number two is about to be like, number one would probably be marriage and number two is about to be my, my child. And so, and just literally writing it down and knowing it and having, or having that list in your pocket or on your phone, just to remind you of that TikTok is not top priority. TikTok is not on that list. Um. TikTok's not on the top 10 list. <laughs> Seriously, good freaking point. It's yeah. just can serve as that reminder. And Justin and I do this exercise. It's not an exercise, but we have this phrase that we say when I notice that he's scrolling or he notices that I'm do like I'm supposed to be working and then like he sees me watching a YouTube video and he'll come over and be like, are you buffering right now? Like the way an internet browser buffers. Uh-huh. He's like, are you buffering right now or are you doing what you actually shouldn't be doing? And so just by That's saying, are you buffering? It's like that little reminder of like, are you on TikTok? That's not a priority for you right now. What are you doing? Yeah. Totally. That's so good. Like a gentle nudge gentle. to your partner. Instead of being like, but you're not supposed to be doing that. So you've talked about challenging your spouse before on Instagram and uh, like throughout this interview even regarding like blind spots that they may have. Why do you feel like that's something that's so important that everyone should do? 
That's so good. I think, at least for us, maybe not for everyone, the first thing that pops in my mind is I get to see parts of Cameron that other people don't get to see. And so then I have the opportunity to show him and tell him places that he can grow, which is something that we committed to when we decided to get married and become one because it's for his benefit and it's for our benefit and it'll be for my benefit. And so I think that we practically, I mean, just yesterday, I gently challenged Cameron on something that it feel, I think it's pretty big and feels pretty real and just got to give him loving correction, but it was all about the preface. Otherwise I think he wouldn't have received it well. So, um, I don't know. I think that I mean, your partner just so it's is, not, you can share, but with, without sharing names, it's, she's being she's really being sweet about it. <laughs> well, I, I was adding to some drama. So she was like, she basically said in so many words, you're being a drama queen. Like you're adding, you're, you're on the phone with this person and I've overheard you sort of egging them on. And like, that's not who you're called to be. And that's not, who you are and that's not what you should be doing so yeah I that's why she's being vague but yeah and she called me out and I'm like you're right like I didn't think I was doing that but I received that and I will tone it down man so I love I love stuff like this um Lara is way better at doing this to me than I am to her (laughs) like I feel like she just you're right it is all about the preface Uh and how you preface things um, I'm not good. Like, I just feel like I just dive in. Um, and maybe that comes off as combative, but she does such a good job of just slowly bringing to attention some of my behaviors. Um, but this isn't normal. I don't feel like it should be in marriage to be able to do that. But I feel like so often I hear from other friends or from other people, it this there's not this growth mindset, let's become better. And you also said something, um, Danny, you said something about like, we made this commitment basically to like in our marriage to do this. But if I think of my dad doing this to my mom or someone else that I know of doing this to their partner, like it, I feel like it would be like world war three and there's not this commitment to bettering one another. What advice would you give to someone to where they're hearing this and they're going, I would love to be able to have this type of, relationship with my spouse but there's no way that we could i could ever even with the like best preface in the world with like something that i feel yeah. like we'd be better at or to better yeah. them the blind spots which the idea of a blind spot in a car is you can't see through your line of sight but someone else can see it whether that's the passenger in the back or the passenger on the side they have a line of sight that you don't have and so your partner like you said danny you have the best insight into cam that other people don't have. Yeah, I think, and this is so good, and we need to explore this more and have more concrete answers, but I would say right off the bat that that it's more about your heart receiving than it is the way you give a challenge. So in other words, I think it's way more important for both, both people to be open and have a soft heart and a, a malleable heart to receive a challenge or correction than it is like to really softly say the correction. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there has to be a commitment there on the front end to even like enter into that. Yeah, absolutely. A super simple conversation, maybe even 
especially if it's like a foreign concept and especially if you don't receive feedback well. Uh, literally sitting down when you're on your date night with your partner. And they're happy because they have a nice coffee. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. they do. Yeah, they do. (laughs) And saying, hey, how do you feel about us, you know, just choosing to help one another grow over the years and including giving each other feedback if we see that one another is not doing the best that we think they could do? How do you feel about that? And then having the conversation. That's super straightforward. It's super elementary, but I think that is what makes it work. For example, yesterday I said to Cameron beforehand, Hey, I'm going to give you some feedback. And I just really don't. This is super important, by the way. Listen to this. Just the way she did it was really good. Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) I don't know. I just said, Hey, I'm going to give you some feedback on something. And I just don't want you to be offended because I know that it could be really easy to be offended by. Uh, Is that okay? Yeah. Like, are you ready? And he said, yeah. So I was like, dang, okay. He re- he's knows. I gave him super clear expectations. is so important. If she had well, a prep, and not really only that, like, she asked you. I was going to say, she you, asked permission. Yeah. And you gave it to her. I feel like that's huge. Yeah. I, I, I hope. I don't know. He received it so well. Oh, it was so helpful. <laughs> I, I just, yeah. I, I just think for, for those listening that are like, this is so much easier said than done. And this is actually so much better. Uh, yeah, try those couple things. Like, first of all, I, I think a really good question would be, hey, do you want to like grow? Do you want to get better? Maybe the answer is no, but at least ask. And then, but the way she prefaces those things is so helpful for me because I, I have a hard time receiving criticism. I think, I mean, I do too. And I know that Justin tells me all the time that I get, I like will get very defensive and that was, that's something with awareness. I think that you have to be pretty self-aware to be able to like, A, accept it, B, be able to see that within yourself. And D, then you have to work to try to be better and overcome that like totally. shoulders going up, getting in defensive mode. Like you yes. want to defend and make an excuse for why you do things the way you do, you know, it's hard. It's hard to uh-huh. accept and hear those things about yourself. But it only makes your relationship grow. And, you know, your spouse or you telling your spouse, you're not doing that because you want to hurt them. And you're not doing that because, like, you want to start a fight or any type of confrontation. It's more so, like, you're telling them and challenging them because you love them. I want to bring something up here. And I keep going back to our listeners and who have a desire for this. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm hearing these things. And maybe this isn't the new, you know, the newly engaged couple. Um, We have listeners who are married and they have, you know, years of marriage under their belt and they have kids and stuff like that. Um, I have a background in ministry. And so I've done a lot of kind of premarital counseling and and stuff like that and and have worked with lots of couples. And, And so my mind, when hearing all of this, just goes straight to the couple or the, the one part, because it's typically, it takes, I feel like it takes one person to really get motivated to start a conversation to then get the other person on board. And then they're moving together as a unit to like make these types of strides, whether that's, hey, what are our goals? Hey, do you want to be this way? Do you want to get better? Or do we want to get better? And my mind just keeps going to the hopeless person who's looking at their marriage and going like, I just don't see that with my partner. Like, how can I even begin to cultivate this? And 
the word that I have that comes to mind is like vulnerability because there does have to be this level of vulnerability with your person, the person that you're married to. And I think a lot of maybe new people who are getting engaged think that that's just going to exist. And I kind of feel like it does, but as you, when you first get married, but as time goes on, as the demands of work begin to pile on, as Mm -hmm. just life happens, I feel like that vulnerability can start to become closed off and doesn't happen as much. Do you have any advice like with how to cultivate and just to begin to even start this process. I feel like I may have asked a version of this earlier, but I just, I kind of want to go back to this idea of maybe the hopeless person who wants their relationship to begin to go this way. How do they even start that? I would say I wouldn't even know fully the best place to start, but the forethought would come maybe with choosing beforehand to start backwards once again. I guess I'm a huge fan of working backwards <laughs> and start small. It's a good place. And then, yeah. And then work your way there. So for, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're in a really unhealthy spot in your marriage and your partner comes home just kind of pissed from work, which that's so real, uh start really small. Like, oh, we ate dinner together tonight. Mm. Uh, but that's just me. I would say just start with the tiny victories and then work your way into, oh, I got to ask this intentional question. Yeah. He answered longer than one sentence. Oh, I realized when I asked the question this way, he's all ears or he wants to share more about this versus that. But I don't even, I, I don't feel like I have a lot of authority in that area. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say aside from walking with friends. Yeah. Yeah. To be clear, you know, there's a lot, there's people in really hard spots that, that need like true counseling and need, uh, need help. But if like, you're not quite there yet, I would, I would say asking good questions and listening is, is mm-hmm. uh, has been huge for us. Yeah. And just like mending uh, whatever hurt they might have been. Yeah, I think it could be really easy for someone to hear all of this and like want to go all in and like, oh, we're going to do this. Like we're going to implement all this stuff. And I love that you said like start like small. Small. Because I think if it could be really easy for someone to hear all this and set their expectations like really, really, really high when it's like, well, let's also be realistic and know that like your relationship is it's got it. Like, I love the phrase cultivating because it's like a, a botany botanist. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Produce growing thing term. So it's going to take time for something to grow. Um, and that's kind of how it is. I think with marriage and like, especially maybe when you're trying to implement some of these new things, like it may not be the big, huge, massive win, you know, like we read a book candlelight, you know, in bed, yeah. that type of thing right off the bat. Maybe it's just like you said, um, it's something small, like, oh, this was really good. I, I I had the thought for Ashley, not you, and you guys do a whole lot better, Ashley, than I think that you realize because you're always telling me all of these deep conversations that you and Justin are having. Yeah, we but all you literally about. have to do is just say, hey, what do, what new disc do you want to buy lately for disc oh golf? Gosh. And he's just like, yeah. over. And then you just sit back and he'll talk for five hours. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's such a good picture, Chris. I love the picture of it being 
so much more like planting a seed and it's in the dirt and then it has a tiny sprout and then it slowly grows big. I mean, that takes so long. Talk about patience. That's such a good picture of starting at ground zero and starting small. Mm. I really feel like that's just the way it has to be. And you're at like the listening stage. Yeah. It's hard and it sucks and that's okay. Yeah. Well, I think intimacy, like if you're struggling with that, like relationship intimacy, not from a physical standpoint, but starting from talking to people, talking to your partner about what it is that they like. Like, I like how you mentioned the disc golf thing. That's what Justin's passionate about. So just bringing up a question about something that you know that they could go on about for hours and getting used to like engaging in those conversations together and getting them comfortable talking. Cause it could, it might've been a while since it's, you guys have had that intentional time together. I know people that are kind of struggling with this talking to each other. And so with that, like, you guys talk about questions a lot and in your date night magazine, I know that that's like the core behind it. What are a couple of like your favorite questions that you do ask each other or that you have? Oh, that's so, that's a fun question. Yay! Yeah. Let's get out of this. this we just got out of some heavy stuff. Let's get into the light stuff. That's okay. Marriage <laughs> yeah, is heavy love, too. Yeah. Love the heavy stuff too yeah. Oh man. Um, okay. The first one that pops in my head that I so loved and we have just like not forgotten it since we heard about it is who, what, when, where, why, and you alternate back and forth. It's so simple, but it allows for the opportunity of really good conversation. Yeah, You can do it every day or every week. Okay. What is this? Tell me. Yeah, Give us an example. It starts with one person and the first partner will ask who was really refreshing to you today. And then they get to respond and say, oh, well, actually I was at the grocery store and then this lady was really nice to me. And I was like pissed because this other person had cut me off and it's just been a long day. And then you get to hear all of this other backstory behind this one random grocer who was, you know, really refreshing to them. And then the next person asks what and you can go on in any way you want my god when where why and then you can keep going as long as you want to but usually you can do 20 rounds of that your answers (laughs) are pretty long and it's so fun and you get to hear about different parts of their day that you would have never thought of because it's sometimes hard to come up with a question yeah like how was your day yeah (laughs) it's so open it's good to ask open-ended questions don't get me wrong but it's just it just it's it's a more creative way to ask how was your day well it's just like when we were kids and our parents would ask us how was your day it's like so easy to just want to go good yeah yeah Yeah. or like if you ask like hey how did your pro you know i know you were worried about your speech like you had a speech you had to give in speech class how'd that go like that's just more direct like it's easier to answer that okay so that's one of them who what where when why i love it i wrote it down i'm doing it i'm doing it today it's so fun and it's so easy. You can just do it at dinner. Um, and then, oh, another one that I think we ask a lot and it's just part of our culture in our little family of two is what have you been dreaming about recently? Which maybe not for everybody is always shifting, but at least for Cameron and I, that answer could change from week to week. Oh yeah, 100 this guy's yeah. trying to start something new like every week. It's crazy. I was going to say, is this like sleep dream or is this like dream dream? Like I'm dreaming like this dream. for my life. I'm at, 
Yeah, that's what I went to. That's what my like life dream. Life like dream. Yeah. Uh huh. Like, oh, I was just thinking this week I saw this building for sale in downtown Waco. Maybe we should open a coffee shop. <laughs> you know, and I get to hear his heart all about this new concept he has, and it's really fun. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. So I have to share something with you guys. I'm totally gonna out myself. So you said you said that about um, like what are you dreaming about, and I. <laughs> We were hanging out with some friends this last uh, this last Friday, and we're sitting around having some drinks, just talking about stuff. And one of them asked Lara, like, "Hey, uh, something about a tattoo shop?" Because I guess Lara has this dream about being a tattoo artist one day. And and so I just started to go onto this like realist like train of thought, and I totally just crushed her dream and killed her dream. And then they all coined the phrase. They they all coined the phrase that I am the dream crusher. No. And so (laughs) that was so hard. And then we got in the car, and Lair was like, "Babe, you know I support all of your dreams, but you really don't support mine." And that was so hard to hear, but it was true. It was true, man. And I just stopped, and I was like okay, we need to have a conversation about this because that's this isn't the path. Like She yeah. does support all of my dreams and she really, really does. And so even though it was so hard to hear that, it's like also a blind spot. Like that was totally a blind spot mm-hmm. moment. Like I say these things and you immediately go to cost, uh, plan A, you know, like uh, we all of these things. We just talked about like, this. Yes, we did. We had a conversation about starting a business. Lara did. And Ashley, I went straight like, practical realist type thing and so anyways that was a moment that like my blind spot was i was put on display for all to see i'm listening to the book but it was needed have you guys heard of the book year of yes by shonda rhimes no no i'm listening to it right now i just started it today i'm only on chapter two however it she talks about this moment where her this it just reminds me of me she like went to have she went to like the Kennedy, some Kennedy thing and she was sitting in a seat like a box seat with Barack Obama and Michelle Obama and she heard she was commanded that she was going to be like sitting with the president and she said it like woke her up in the middle of the night and she realized if she would have been asked to sit in that seat instead of told she would have said no and her sister had also told her previously like you say no to everything like you get all of these opportunities but you always say no you never say yes and so I believe this book will go into how she just says yes to a lot of things but that was a blind spot and she said that just that comment sat with her for weeks while she like mulled and worked with like hearing and knowing that she never says yes like she always operates out of fear that just reminded me of that it's a really good book I'm only I just want to point out not to go back to the whole heavy conflict resolution deal but like the humility in both of those examples Chris the humility it took to just say okay we need to talk about this instead of being like I don't I'm not a dream crusher and becoming all (laughs) defensive defensive and getting all pissed and and like yeah just the humility I just want to uh, I admire that bro just like the humility I appreciate that and and this girl the yes girl the humility it takes to to see something that needs to change in yourself and and actually receive correction, you know. So anyway, that's just a little nugget for when your spouse corrects you. Yes. When your spouse crushes you. All the little oh, nuggets. <laughs> All about the nuggets. How do you guys juggle being multi-passionate entrepreneurs while being married? 
Ooh, we're shifting. I would say another thing that Danny's really good at is, is just setting boundaries. Like, okay, we're going to stop work at five. Right. And just, you know, right. And, and like, we're going to be done with work at five. And then like on Sundays we rest and we don't do work and we try to stay out. Yeah. So just setting, setting some boundaries like that to prioritize, like I said, relationships and not just business. Cause otherwise this guy could work all day. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. could wake up at 5am and work all day, all night until 8pm and not even eat dinner. And I'm like, bro, this is too much. Cameron, me too. Yeah. That was a big deal. And we, I think we recently mm-hmm. have talked about this within the last two months on our show. Um, but I've recently like shifted the way that I work. So a big thing for us that we've asked ourselves ourselves here recently, like with our family unit, is why why are we entrepreneurs? Like why do we own our own business? Why are we doing this? And for us, like it's so that we like everything like a lot of the decisions that we've made, they've all been centered around family. So we're homeschooling our kids this year. Uh and part of that was pandemic. It was always in the works, but like it just got bumped up. And that choice for us was made because we didn't want our kids to be in a classroom for eight hours a day. Like we wanted to be with them as much as possible, not knocking anyone who does that. This was just a personal choice that we made. Um, and same thing for like business, like Lara left, she was an esthetician. She left her job, uh, lashing, like doing eyelash extensions. And she joined me as my second shooter full time. And so we do this together and the whole reason we went this route is so that we would have more time together as a family. So it wasn't really making sense for me to like try to gr- spend my whole day trying to stay focused and like working in my office, being in my dungeon down in the basement when I was down in the basement and not spending time with the family. So we had to like make a shift and I made a shift in our schedule to where I'm going to spend time. Like we're going to just let ourselves wake up when the kids wake up. We're not going to try to hit these hard like wake up times and we're going to like eat breakfast together and lounge around together, start the day off slow, maybe do something, go on a walk, eat lunch. And then after lunch, I'm going to start working and then I'm going to work until five, uh, something like that. But those hard times, those boundaries, because if those boundaries aren't there, like your life will just kind of run on its own and do whatever the heck it wants. That's so true. So true. Do you have any resources like you talked about um, goal setting? Like, do you have any resources that you could spout off that have helped you guys to begin to focus on like goal setting or these things that you want to like, what's been impactful for you in that area? Literally just wrote down that question. We started first by listening to a podcast. I can't remember who they had on the show, but it was the heart and hustle by Lindsay Roman and Evie Rupp. And they had someone come on and share initially about the working backwards idea and thinking about life three years from now and starting really, really tiny. uh, What do you want your blankets to be like when you wake up in the morning? What do you want your house to smell like when you wake up in the morning? What's the first thing you want to say to your spouse when you wake up in the morning? And then thinking, okay, what do I want my clients to look like when I go into work? What's their attitude? Where do they shop? What do they buy? And then we decided, okay, let's dive into this even more. So we read a book called Vivid Vision. And and we did that just a couple of weeks ago to add to this conversation that we had previously had. And so I say all that to say, those are the practical ends of conversations that we've sat down and had together and then have tried to intentionally implement into our wedding company, the Phil Greens, and into our real estate company, 610 Real Estate. 
And like, what do we want the heartbeat behind our company to be? Yeah. And where do we want our company to be in three years and in five years? And then and that what, feels what does it take to be, to be there in one year? really relational Mm -hmm. and really intentional it's like we're not being bound by any rules like if you're a wedding photographer it has to look like this you have to take every client who inquires and kind of thinking wait why and who are we taking and should we even challenge them to want to take us yeah and so do they want us do they know why they want us as their wedding photographer and so it's been cool. It's like, oh, we can ask that. And we can yeah. like have couples think critically about why they would even want to have us on their wedding day. You guys have a chart that you have on your fridge. And I don't know how long ago I saw it, but it reminds me of your boundaries. It reminds me of your goals. And it reminds me of how you guys like want to work towards, I believe, the goals that you guys have set for your family. Can you talk a little bit about this charts it's like a visual reminder i feel like do you know what i'm talking about do you guys still do yeah. this oh, yeah. okay okay yeah <laughs> like i don't know yeah, if this I, is old but i loved it I still do it. it's awesome and it, uh it's super simple but we do have a template it's up on our instagram link in bio that you can download it's called a goal setting guide and you can do this chart on your own but it's super simple it's just checking off uh when you did something but it's like on a weekly basis or a monthly basis or a quarterly basis so for instance like danny wants to read a book once a month and once she does she checks it off and it's just or uh we want to what's another one we want to go on a date night once a week and when we do we check and you it had off. one with to, friends having friends over or something yeah uh-huh. have, have friends over once over. once a month or once a week or something yeah and then we have a couple like uh limiting ones so watch tv less than twice a week and then don't drink alcohol or drink alcohol less than four times a week so um and That's just like checking them off and it's just visual <laughs> visual you know on your fridge where you can constantly see it i keep mine on uh we have a couple different ones so uh, I keep one on my desk and then there's one for both of us on our fridge. And the heartbeat behind it is exactly what you said, Chris. It's like, we talked recently about why the heck do we even work for ourselves? And we realized, oh, it's because when we have a kid, so in a couple weeks here, yeah, right. we want to be able to be attentive parents. And when he gets older, go to every soccer game or be at every sporting event that feels important to us so what do we need to do now to make that possible and you think well what the heck does reading a book once a month have to do with it but i think my why behind reading a book once a month was because i want to always grow and i want to always learn so how do i do that daily weekly and monthly so that annually i am continually growing and learning they're like these micro things that help you level up like think video yeah. games like it's like the experience points that helps you level up except when you break it down and look at it over a year i mean that makes sense totally i heard yes or simple things like you mentioned we have a goal that's to have somebody new over for dinner once a month it's like well okay what's that feed into well we want to always be outward focused we want to pursue people and we want to get uncomfortable and we want to know how to ask good questions so if we want to do that on a daily, regular basis, then how can we practice that weekly so that we, or I'm sorry, monthly right. so that we can do that regularly. 
such growth mindset, man. Like it, it is a chat because that's uncomfortable. Like me thinking of like inviting somebody over for dinner every month. I'm like, oh, what kind of conversation? But that's the point. New people. Yeah. New people. New people. Yeah. New people. That's the point. I love it. I love it so much. That goal setting guide that you guys have i wrote it down and i will link it in the show notes also but you can go to the phil greens on instagram and get it yourself highly recommend oh (laughs) one other thing i was gonna say have you guys read the book atomic habits yes that just reminded me what you just said about like on an annual basis how much you've grown he said talks about getting one percent better every day and even though one percent doesn't feel like it's 30 percent by the end of the month yeah. It's so good. I love that book. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm such a like <sighs> mental commitment the, person. All around the book thing. Have you read Mindset by Carol Dweck? I haven't, but Chris have. has. Yeah. That's a good you, book. You said growth mindset, I think, probably ten times which thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But uh yeah, but she I I don't know if she made up that phrase or what, but she oh. delineates kids with a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, did all this research, incredible book. It's uh, honestly, after reading that book, it, it's changed the way we talk to our children. I mean, amazing. I'm like, yeah, oh, exactly. I okay, did well, not even realize that I was doing these things. On that, since we're just going on this tangent. So for everybody listening, mindset, why do you think, why, what is the difference about or between like growth mindset and is it limited mindset? What fixed. is fixed mindset? What is so beneficial about getting yourself out of being in a fixed mindset and being in a growth mindset? Yeah, so the fixed mindset, and Chris, you can jump in if you want to. The fixed mindset, uh, typically, they were studying a lot of children, and, and you grow up to be typically the same way as you were in like third to fifth grade. If you have a growth mindset, you, you'll grow up being that way and, and vice versa. So fixed mindset is just like I am the way I am, and I can't change it, basically. Yeah, I'm not fixed good at is- baseball, so I'm never going to be good at baseball. Yeah. Right. And actually, a lot of people with natural talent, like, like we're sm- always smart in school, you know, or never really had to try. Actually, like people think that they're so smart, but they actually have a fixed mindset because they never had to actually try and actually put forth effort to become better. Same with sports or music. If you're naturally talented in those areas, it's hard to actually excel anyway read the book it's really good so good so good yeah i love that it was it's a good one if you're struggling with your thoughts and like feeling like you maybe always take the negative route in your thinking or feel like or even if you're constantly feel like you're limiting yourself doubting your abilities great book that will change the way you think i got one last question for you guys and it's basically just an open-ended question if you guys like right now uh, you have our audience's attention. Is there any last piece of advice, anything that you want to say that you guys haven't had a chance to say yet? I mean, it could be about anything. It can have to do with dating, anything that we've talked about. Um, anything you that you feel home. is, yeah, anything you want to hit home, anything like that. Uh, I think if anything, I would say the humility piece that we just kind of hit on about 20 minutes ago, just we talked a lot about marriage and relationships on this show. And so I would say if you're struggling, if you are uh, in a, in a tough place with any relationship, whether it's your mom and dad or sibling or uh, spouse or kid, just go low, ask good questions and listen and be humble. That's so good. That's going to make your marriage thrive. I love it. And uh, I feel like just one last theme 
that we really talked a lot about that you guys talked a lot about, which is just so fun is knowing your why behind mm-hmm. being married and remembering your big picture and remembering the person that you fell in love with the first time that you met them and then have fun. I love that. <laughs> this is so supposed much. to be fun. This is supposed yeah. to be fun. Yeah. So, so simple. tell everybody where they can find you if they can snag a date night magazine at all, or do they have to wait all the things? Yeah. Date night mag volume two is coming out this fall, uh, probably around October. Heck so yeah. excited. Volume one's out PDF only. So, and then we, uh, are the Phil greens on Instagram. T H E P H I L green. Like that's the color. <laughs> and that's, that's the main place that we are. Instagram. We're all over Instagram. Yeah, seriously. I encourage you guys. If you want some positive. So positive. Positive, just happy, nothing. I don't feel like I see you guys post anything negative. Never. I feel like it's all like just good, lighthearted life happenings with you guys. Uh, So give them a follow. Check them out. Amazing resources. Do you guys have like links in your bio and stuff like that? We do. Yeah, yeah. Cool. We're still shooting weddings and stuff and taking stuff for taking weddings for 22. Yeah. And you guys mostly do yeah. like elopements and stuff like that? Yeah, totally. Travel everywhere? Feeling humbled by the baby, but yes. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> if you're, yeah, how, to do, how to do all that with baby. But yeah, yeah. If you've, if you've felt a connection to them at all and you're getting married and you're looking for a photographer, a videographer, hit them up. They might be for you guys. Uh, <laughs> hey, we just want to say thank you guys so much for joining us so and much. hanging out with us. This was so life-giving and just is good. I love your heart so much. And I think yeah. everyone else will too. They love the episodes. I hear it get feedback all the time when they're like, I love the ones that challenge me, but also at the same time make me feel really good. And you guys are exactly totally. that. Yes. Oh, good. Thank All you guys. The so much. They should call you guys the feel goods. <laughs> Let's hey, go. don't, don't don't worry. Uh, you'll get those dad jokes too. They'll come in pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> They'll come in. Uh, thank you guys so much. It was so good to get to hang out. Yes, yes, thank you. All right, listeners, you already know what we're gonna tell you to do. Thank you for listening. You can stay connected with us in our Bridal Breakdown community on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. Connect with us there. Ashley, you got anything else to say? I don't. You covered it just fine like every other time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Have a fantastic week. See ya. 